Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Athletic. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. the Fulhamish podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the show brought to you by The Athletic UK. And in today's podcast, a final word from Sunday's defeat to Coventry City at Craven Cottage. We're going to look at the first proper transfer rumour of the summer. Manor Solomon will be getting Jack's thoughts on Manor and what impact he could make at Craven Cottage if he signs. We're going to discuss about the Luca Murphy compensation to Hartlepool, a full Easter weekend preview and stick around for the end of the podcast. Live This Will Catch On that we recorded on Sunday from the Half Moon Putney and it is absolutely magnificent. Great moment actually for me to bring in my guest today, Jack Collins. Hello. Hello mate. Hello listeners. How are we? We all good? Fine, thank you. Yes, a little bit of all change on the Thursday Club. First of all, because it's being released on a Wednesday. Second of all, no Peter Rutz there today because he's uh, feeling a little bit under the weather. So it's just Jack and I, hashtag old times. He spent, he spent times. literally like two hours with you and me and then he was just like, I'm ill now. So yes. that's, um, I, I don't, I don't want to think about what that makes us, but, um, but alas, here we are. Yeah, uh, he just very much needs a week off after plenty of Sammy and Jack over the weekend. And Jack, am I overblowing it by saying that I think that the, the live this will catch on that's at the end of this podcast is one of the best things we've ever done? Is that is that overshooting it? I had a great time. Let's put it that way, right? I, I, had, a, I had a really, really good time. Um, we had some crowd involvement, crowd participation. We had Charlie Cooper picking between classy. It was just a really, really lovely little segment of, of anything, really, and, and a really nice thing to be involved with. So, yeah, um, so Sunday was was quite special. Obviously, result accepted, um, but it was nice to have a group therapy session afterwards. Obviously, most people listening to this will have already listened to the parts one and two um, in the in Monday's episode. But ultimately, we got round and, and we all had a great chat about Fulham, and it was it was a good laugh as well. So already looking forward to the next one yeah and i was very sad that you couldn't actually be on part one i feel like <laughs> some people might have think that i've like snubbed you or something you initially yeah. said you couldn't go then last minute you were like oh i now can go i was like oh i've kind of given your place yeah. away i'm really sorry jack but i did enjoy the lines of i used to be on this podcast not once but twice uh yeah. you got a couple of laughs uh from that whilst you served everyone anything for a cheap laugh sammy anything for a cheap laugh <laughs> whilst you served everyone either pints baby guinnesses or in my case a lime and soda um but obviously one thing of you not being on the podcast from sunday jack was i I never got your thoughts on coventry you actually were there Hmm. um not a a game to be fondly remembered neither game against coventry city uh, a game to be fondly remembered this season i was just interested to know your thoughts on it after having a few days to kind of mull it over 
It's a strange one, isn't it? Because obviously we were probably the inferior team for maybe, I don't know, not the first time this season, but there hasn't been too many occasions where Fulham have been the worst side. And yet I can't help but come away from that game thinking we probably on another day get a point. And, and I suppose that's a good thing. Um, I'm not completely sure if, if I'm honest, but I suppose it's a good thing that sometimes even when we play, you know, as badly as we did, especially the first half, you know, things can just turn around and, and Fulham, how the goalkeeper saved that Mitrovic deflected shot when he was already going down to his left and clawed it out. I will never know. So, I mean, look, fair play to him. And obviously he got booked for time wasting. <sighs> You know, teams are going to do that to Fulham. That's, that's ultimately anyone who's beating Fulham is going to is going to play those odds. They're going to play those margins because they have to, right? Because ultimately, man for man, Fulham are a better side than pretty much everyone else in this division. And look, Coventry seemed to have our number. I thought Callum O'Hare was the best player on the park. Um, and interestingly, his role to basically sit on Nat Chalibur and prevent him from playing meant that the kind of Chalibur's role became quite difficult and I've got this strange theory that Chalaba was maybe behind Tim Ream Fulham's best player in the first half thought he was the only one that was snappy in the middle the only one making challenges in there and he kind of is that physical dominant presence that shields the back four um, and allows Harrison Reed to snap around to fly around him I've you know peddled this theory hundreds of times now that I think that Silva's doing this because I think he sees that more defensively minded pivot as a key element if Fulham are going to survive in the Premier League next year. Now, I think he's going to bring in a third player in there to replace Fabio. I don't necessarily think it will be quite the same kind of 10 that plays exactly as high up. Um, but I do think it might be someone who's more of that kind of 8-10 hybrid, the Conor Gallagher mould. Um, and, and, and therefore, I think he's trialling this to basically see what it looks like for next season. However... I think that that's a mistake for Marco Silva in this game. The Chalaber I thought was fine, but ultimately, if you're going to have a player that's going to be pressed by their number ten in that kind of manner, you need to have someone who's comfortable with the ball at feet and comfortable breaking the press. And Chalaber isn't really those things. What that is is a, is a John McElserry, right? And look, I completely understand if if Silva is looking forwards already. I mean, obviously, there's still a couple of things to do, but I think, you know, we've been saying when, not if for a long time now, and obviously would love to win the league. But if Silva is thinking ahead already, is starting to plan for what his team looks like next season, is trying to get into those kind of mindsets, I can understand why, considering the lack of turnaround last time that Fulham had going up to the Premier League. And therefore, that kind of trying to make this as long a summer as possible in order to be ready and set when this happens, get those extra couple of weeks on whoever wins the playoffs, get whoever those extra couple of weeks on the end of the Premier League season as well. You know, it's three weeks on, on top of that. If you win the, if you win the championship or you come in second, those are massive moments. And obviously we're starting to see transfer news already. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Look, it was a bad day at the office for Fulham, right? We were poor. We were a little bit sloppy. Um, there were def- there were mistakes kind of from everyone. You know, even Tim Ream at the end, who'd had an excellent game, is the man who gives the ball away for the third. Are we still a little bit unfortunate not to come away with a point? Maybe. Um, yeah. And and, and I, I do think that's kind of forgotten in the fact that the performance was poor. Obviously, we're so used to seeing us dominate games and, uh, and be the better side. And then if you lose games with the better side, it's frustrating. But you can come away going, oh, we're the better side. We weren't the better side. On on Saturday, on Sunday, but ultimately, if we'd grab the point, or if that Mitrovic shot goes in with ten minutes to go, do Fulham go on and win the game? 
very plausibly. Um, so look, it's an aberration in some ways. Um, we do need to get better about te- with teams who play that three four one two shape or or three five one one, if you will, because uh, I really think we struggle with teams who who press us aggressively, and that's going to be a thing next year. Um, so that there's things to be learned from it, uh, but ultimately it just kind of is what it is in in, in many ways, I think. And uh, and we're looking at we'll look at it as, as one to write off. I think if we score early against Derby, it could be an absolute drubbing, um, just as a kind of kickback from that moment. So we will see. Unfortunately, Mitrovic isn't going to score against every team. Does mean we need to win every game now to the end of the season if we're going to break the hundred point barrier. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think maybe there's room for one more slip up, but it can't be a loss. Um, so yeah, we're. Look, we're, we're kind of playing on the edges here in terms of those manners, but ultimately we know that the main job is done. Now, that doesn't mean that players can go on the beach. Um, it just does mean that we kind of have to look forwards already, and I can understand why Marco Silva's trying some things. So I'm not going to completely blame him for being outcoached. I just wonder if the only motivation now for this team, because there's no one chasing us, there is no real pressure from underneath unless we absolutely collapsed. And even then it probably is still enough for Fulham to get top two is defeats. I feel like the defeat at West Brom resulted in what we saw at West Brom and Middlesbrough fell off a little bit against Coventry. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's motivation then for Derby and Preston. I don't think they need any extra motivation for Bournemouth, but those last three games of the season, which are really, really hard, Forest, Luton, Sheffield United, especially if we kind of win the next three and the the promotion would 100% be in the bag, the title would pretty much be in the bag too. Those games could, well, they could get messy because they're the probably the three hardest fixtures I can think of this season. And we're going to have no re- nothing really to play for other than maybe 100 points. And all three of those teams 100% have something to fight for. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. 100% agree. I think it's one of those things where, you know, ultimately we've got some really tricky games coming up now. Um, and, and if we don't pick up those things and the 100-point mark becomes impossible, it's just going to be a thing of can Fulham win this league in some style, right? The players will want to, especially towards the end of the season, especially in those last home games, put on a bit of a show because they deserve the plaudits that will come their way with that. Do, do you know what I mean? Like the, the, our last performance at home against Luton, if Fulham lose 2-0 before you lose, you know, lift the trophy, the atmosphere is very different, I suppose, to if you, you know, you thump someone at home and it feels like a party. Um, and, and I suppose that's maybe the, the last thing is that, you know, they've worked so hard across the course of the season. They've been the best side across the course of the season. How do you then from there, you know, not allow yourself to take the plaudits that you've earned for eight months, you know, and, and, and ultimately that's what Fulham have to do here. They've got to turn around and be like, no, we haven't gone to sleep. We are here to to see the end of this season out and, 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 you know, earn your places next year as well. You know, there's that element to be thinking, you know, I, we talked about it a little bit at the weekend, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Mario Rodak's performances have fallen off a cliff in these last two games since Fulham have been linked with Nick Pope and Alphonse Ariola returning. And, you know, these, these Premier League keepers coming in to be first choice because I think that has to play with your head. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good or a bad thing in, in any kind of way. I think that maybe Fulham do need to upgrade it in those areas, you know, unless Rodak can, can step up and show that he's capable. But at the moment, you know, you have to be able to deal with one, that pressure, two, competition. And three, if you're going into the Premier League, you, you know, the way to prove yourself and the way to answer your critics if Fulham are being linked with other players is not to drop two clangers of performances. It's to, you know, to go out and play out of your skin for the last eight games and go, you can't drop me. I'm too good. I've been the key cog here. You're not dropping me. 
um, it's not to fall apart mentally and and have those moments. So look, I'm not I'm not saying that that's a long term thing. I'm not saying that Rodak should be dropped. I'm not even saying I oh, know those things because he's been excellent this season. But I, I do think that if that is the root cause of why these two performances have have, have dramatically fallen off, then there's a bit of a concern there because that's that's got to be a mentality thing. Yeah. All right. Um, let's look at the transfer rumour that uh, came about yesterday. And Jack, this looks like uh, a pretty solid rumour. It's from yeah. John Percy of The Telegraph, who is always fairly on the money. If he's tweeting... He's, on, um, he's always on the money with every Midlands club, especially Aston Villa. If John Percy... I've got a couple of Villa mates. So they're like, if John Percy tweets it, it's true. Well, he has said that Fulham are looking to bring in Israeli international Mana Solomon from Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, he is an attacking midfielder, mostly plays on the wing. As far as I know, the deal's worth approximately 7 million, which seems like good value. I guess yeah. that's slightly taking advantage of the situation that Ukrainian football is obviously not going to be happening anymore. And there are a lot of players in the Ukrainian and Russian leagues who will be desperately trying to find new clubs. And that means there's some bargains to be had. I'd be lying if I say I knew, know a, a huge amount about him, but I know he scored some big goals in the Champions League. Uh, he's notched quite a few goals for Israel. Uh, he scored a particularly good one against uh, Scotland uh, in the Nations League, Jack. I saw people saying that this is a Carvalho replacement, which yeah, to me doesn't feel right. From the little I know of Manor Solomon, he does not look like the same player as, as Fabio Carvalho. Uh, no, although he will deal with the problem that what Carvalho, the loss of Carvalho, leaves Fulham without a ball carrier. Um, now Harry Wilson does it a little bit, but he's not necessarily a um, you know a player who'll pick up the ball in the halfway line and drive you forwards thirty yards. Uh, Mana Solomon is Mana Solomon is that player. He will he'll pick up the ball and he will look to go direct. He will look to go at players. He will look to dribble with the ball. He will look to carry. Um, I like this a lot, uh, but he's not a Fabio Carvalho replacement directly. I would say that Mana Solomon is coming in to play on the left wing. Um, and and ultimately, that's where he's featured the most for Shakhtar um, and for Israel. He has played centrally. He can play in that 10 role. Um, but I, I don't think that's where we're going to see him in, in, in this Fulham side or under Marco Silva. Um, I really like Mana Solomon. I like this deal a lot. Um, he's very small is the only thing. He's 5'6", and I say that as someone who's 5'7". Um, <laughs> no, but if someone's smaller than me, the chances are they're um, they're diminutive, shall we say. But he's, he's, he's quick. Um, he's got an incredibly low centre of gravity. He can shift the ball beautifully around defenders. Um, and he, he's a, you know, he's a lovely footballer in terms of, you know, what you imagine a traditional you know, tricky little attacking player coming in to be like. And, and he scores good goals. He, he's not, you know, the most prolific finisher in the world, but he's equally capable in front of goal. Um, he likes to cut inside. He likes to create chances. He, he's a lovely footballer. And look, there's some, some interesting things here is that he can get frustrated and has got frustrated at times when his team don't have the ball and where he's not getting the ball. And I that's the only slight concern I'd maybe have with it mm. is that you've seen, especially in the Champions League, where Shakhtar are often the inferior side. Um, see him, you know, throw his hands up in the air and, you know, not temper tantrums. It's not quite that bad, but, you know, he, he gets a little bit all over the place. He's like, why am I not getting the ball? Why can I not get involved? And, and I find that quite interesting because if Fulham are, you know, going to play in a reactive way next season, it does mean that our wingers are going to see less of the ball than, than they have this season. But for £7 million, 
or there or thereabouts at 22 years old for a player of this caliber he was on the radar of arsenal last january on the radar of leeds united last summer you know there are plenty of premier league teams looking at manna solomon he was linked with some big moves across europe uh, when he burst onto the scene as well uh, i think this will be a very very sensible move i like it a lot good well that's uh, encouraging to hear yeah especially you know i think fulham now are trying to go down the route of young cheap get them on a deal, grow them. You know that Mana Solomon, if we wanted to sell him in four or five years time, no matter how well he does, is probably not going to go for much less than seven million, or you're certainly not going to. And even if he does go for free, seven million is a huge amount to write off over such a long period of time. I I don't, I'm basing this on not a lot, Jack, but I wondered if there's a, a, a shade of young Anthony Knockhart in there. Uh, he shoots less, far less. Um, okay. It doesn't look necessarily for that cut inside and bang it, um, which was kind of the hallmark of Knockhart's game. Um, but definitely in terms of, you know, trickery and, and, and ball carrying ability, I would say that, that, that there's shades of it. But no, I think he's a better player than Knockhart. Um, he, he's, you know, played at Champions League level. He's played comfortably at Europa League level. Um, I, I think Mana Solomon would be taking, you know, obviously things are difficult with Chaktar at the moment and the chances are that they're not going to start their next season. So I can imagine that things are, you know, not as, as, as simple as, as they might be, but I would suggest that Mana Solomon will be taking a step down to come and join Fulham. Um, yeah. Now that's, but he gets a chance in the premier league, which yeah, I imagine, yeah, yeah, which is, is, which is, which is caveated, right? Like obviously lots of people take a step down to get to the premier league from where they were in Europe or, or what they're wearing in terms of like a pan European football, but Shakhtar, at the moment, or you know, up to Christmas, let's say, were you know aside. Yes, they came bottom of their Champions League group, but they're a side that are regulars in the latter stages of the Champions League, the Europa League. They're a good side. Um, yeah. They're you know relatively, relatively the best always. side I've ever seen at the Craven Cottage. To be they're honest, the best side I've ever seen at Craven Cottage. But like, also they're usually or they're there or thereabouts. You know, as Ukrainian champions, it's usually them or, or Dynamo Kiev. Um, you know, ultimately, there he's a side that he's been used to winning silverware and getting into European competition. So this is going to be a slight change of you know, plan or a slight change of, of scenery in some ways. Um, but I, I do think we'd be picking up a very talented young player. Cool. Well, it sounds very, very exciting. And we will see in the summer, no doubt, uh, more rumours to come. But as Jack said, that advantage of the championship finishing three weeks before the Premier League and obviously Fulham pretty much having it in the bag right now. High TV, good, what a cool. Yeah, it's a good two-month advantage, even on some Premier League teams, because although you'd imagine now that probably no more than the bottom four really are going to be worried about getting relegated. And even after this weekend, Everton looking a bit more solid, but that's still an advantage that we have on some of the teams at the bottom of the Premier League. Um, we know that Fulham very, very likely to be in the Premier League next season, which is good. Right. Yeah. Part two, we're going to look ahead to Easter weekend and quickly discuss Luca Murphy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
part two of the Fulhamish podcast. Sammy James here with Jack Collins. Yes, yes. Hello, listeners. Uh, this will catch on still to come and an Easter weekend preview. Let's talk about Luca Murphy. Um, yep. Hartlepool United released a statement yesterday. Luca Murphy, uh, a young player uh, within Fulham's academy. Uh, and in January 19, uh, Murphy uh, agreed at the age of 17 um, to join Fulham. Uh, Fulham agreed a fee for the player, following which he was given permission to spend a period at Fulham. Fulham then withdrew the transfer, stating that the player hadn't met standards and Murphy returned to Hartlepool. Immediately upon return, the previously exemplary scholar's behaviour changed markedly to such an extent that it led to a mutual termination of his contract in March 2019. And then within 11 days of that termination, this is all according to Hartlepool United's website, by the way, Murphy signed a two-year deal at Fulham. And then Fulham subsequently, according to Hartlepool, refused to acknowledge that any compensation was due. Uh, and that remained the case for years. But Hartlepool have now won a six-figure sum with compensation in respect of Luca Murphy. And Jack, I just thought that this paragraph from the Hartlepool chairman, Raj Singh, uh, was particularly interesting. I am, however, bitterly disappointed at the manner in which Fulham have conducted their business. As a club, we did everything we possibly could to resolve this amicably for three years and we've been ignored, seen delays and had technicalities thrown at us throughout. At the final hour, Fulham even looked to offload players to us that they didn't want as an alternative to paying the compensation. The compensation is probably a drop in the ocean for a big club like Fulham, but is a large amount to Hartlepool United, which at the time was a non-league club. It was also withheld during an incredibly difficult period that included the COVID pandemic. That approach literally could have sent our club to the wall. And I think we come on this podcast and we talk about oh, Fabio Carvalho. He's been pinched by a bigger club. Harvey Elliott, yep. he's been, been pinched by a bigger club. Fulham also are more than happy to be big fishes in little ponds. And I can't read that and think not great. No, I can't. Obviously we're taking this purely from one side because Fulham have refused to comment. Yep. Um, I don't know how what that says. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I, I don't think it's great. Um, but it, it just does, it leaves a bitter taste, doesn't it? We've complained about Harvey Elliott. We've complained about, Far, about Fabio Carvalho. And it looks like we're doing exactly the same thing lower down the chain. Now, maybe that's a very much a, or we've seen people do it to us. We're going to do it to other people. But I don't think we can complain as fans about these things happening and then and then look at this and not want to criticize it now again we've only heard one side of the story so i mean if fulham have a different side to this story then i'd love to hear it publicly because you know at the moment this looks like pretty cut and dry that fulham are in the wrong and you know i obviously wasn't alive in the in the period where fulham were struggling to to survive and struggling to you know to get things paid and there were all these horrible moments about Fulham Park Rangers and all of the above but you know we're a club that less than half a century ago were in dire financial straits ourselves where we were pulled out of the mire by people you know who were by fans and and, and by people who invested in the club and at that time you know I feel like Fulham probably should have learned a lesson that you, you don't do things like this to small clubs who are up against it financially because we've been there and done it now obviously the people from that era are not really there anymore in the in the in the in the boardrooms and in in the top brass and all of that but you've got to be looking out for other people I mean I came on here last week and talked about the fact that we should be looking out for each other right um we've seen football clubs 
go to the wall in in the last couple of years far too many times for me to feel comfortable about something like this about the whole you know the way that it was conducted um and and yeah it leaves a bitter taste so i, I you know unless fulham have an alternative side of the story that they're willing to publish um it's going to have to go down as as an own goal as far as i'm concerned as as a black mark um and and hopefully it's something that and the fact that that we have been forced to pay compensation is something that you know gets the club's head out of the sand in some ways and they go right that's not that's not on we, you know we, no one wants this you know full of, we see ourselves as a family club don't we as as a club that you know people like the neutrals like and you can see the responses to this and you know again it doesn't matter what other fans you know fans think of Fulham as we said last week but you know all the responses to this from the thing are Hartlepool fans going hope they get relegated next season I mean I don't know if that's the club we want to be um maybe it is but you know from from where I'm standing it's probably not um, yeah so, I, so, yeah. I I also I, I think you again nailed it on the head Jack I, I haven't I've got too much more to say but from that one side of the argument it looks pretty cut and dry and, and look uh, a judge has agreed with Hartlepool's case. And so therefore it is about as black and white as really any argument can be once it's settled in court. So yeah, I, I don't think it, it reflects particularly well on the club. And I think as fans, I think next time we complain about Harvey Elliott or Fabio Carvalho, we do just have to remember that we are also doing it to other clubs as well. Yeah. Lower down the food chain. So don't know if there's too much more to be said. Um, the full statement is on Hartlepool United's website. Let's look ahead then to Easter weekend, Jack, and what an exciting position to be in as a Fulham fan, two games, Derby, good Friday, 8 PM. Thank you. Sky sports. And then Preston North end on Tuesday at seven 45. Uh, the latter one moved. We believe on the request of both clubs um, for a bit more recovery time, sim- similar with the Coventry game. Um, we don't know that for a fact, but it's not been moved for the telly. Uh, Jack Fulham should achieve promotion this weekend, one way or the other. Uh, it's still, uh, if Forest win both games and Fulham need to win two um, to get promotion, but Forest playing Luton um, in the lunchtime kickoff on Friday, which is a very, very difficult game for Forest. Not impossible for them to win, but certainly more difficult than Birmingham City, let's say, last weekend. Um, so yeah, we've got to be excited, really. Two games away from promotion, and I would like to believe we can get it done over Easter, which would be nice. Yeah, it would be It would be nice. And there'd be something quite... Um, well, I'd imagine romantic... Obviously, there's been a bit of a fairy tale around Derby this season, right? Um, and the fact that they were given those points deductions and they nearly stayed up... Um, is there's plenty to there was plenty to like about that story um they now find themselves nine points off reading in that last save spot with obviously five games to go so if wedding were to win and fulham were to beat derby it would pretty much seal derby's relegation um now i think there'll be something quite sweet in that for some people um because of what happened in in 1983 um yes. now obviously it's well behind well ahead of my time um but there is you know a famous game where fulham went to what was the baseball ground um and basically they went to they went to win promotion to, to Division One and, and were denied there by derby basically one nil down uh, the game was invaded by home fans with about a minute and a half left on the clock 
Um, and but to be honest, it was there, there were people on the sidelines getting involved with the game for about 20 minutes. Um, from what it seems, you know, there was basically players getting kicked. I think it was Rob Wilson. Um, he got, he got tripped up by he a fan. By I mean, have you, have you ever seen anything like it really? Where no. that fan, no, it, it was. The well, footage actually, I saw something like it this weekend. Yes. Because there was a bloke in... Um, in Spanish call, lower in the Sp- tiers, yes, who with managed, the manager. The manager came on and stopped the <laughs> counter-attack. Um, but it, it does feel very similar. Um, but yeah, basically Fulham lodged an appeal. Uh, they, they wanted to have the game replayed, which should have been relatively normal these days, I think. Um, and they basically were just like, no, thanks. Um, and Fulham didn't get promoted. So Derby uh, leave a bitter taste in the mouths of, of a lot of Fulham fans. And I know that that playoff win, well, the playoff semi-final win a couple of years back meant a lot because of because of the history there so i mean look to go and potentially seal promotion and to confirm their relegation at the same time um i think would be quite sweet to a lot of older fulham fans who had to deal with those shenanigans from derby um look the club are their club are are close to the wall it looks like they are going to get an investor um i'm not particularly sure he's a particularly stand-up guy but such is life um (laughs) i mean they haven't yeah. exactly had many stand-up guys before, but with with some of the way they acted under Mel Morris. But yes, no. Um, but you know, ultimately, it just is. It is what it is. Um, and I, you know, we hope that, as we were saying, you know, just before, you don't ever want to see a club go out of business. You never want to see a club, um, you know, you know, take into administration down into the grounds. We've seen it happen before. Um, so, so hopefully that doesn't happen to Derby. Let's let's be let's be clear. Um, but I do know that this will be a, a sweet one if if Fulham do manage to relegate them for 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 some of the older generation who remember that game in in May nineteen eighty three. Yeah, and there was definitely a point I think in uh, December January where it looked really possible for Derby to to get out. It was going to be Reading, and I was kind of into that. Yeah, Reading were in free fall. Derby were winning games, and it did look like they actually could pull themselves clear, but since then just lost too many games, particularly away from home, really, to stand any chance of overcoming the 22-point deficit. Uh, Jack, if there has been one saving grace for Derby this season, it has been their home form. Um, They won against uh, Preston a couple of weeks ago, 1-0 at Pride Park. They beat Barnsley 2-0 a couple of weeks ago, where Ravel Morrison scored an unbelievable goal. Um, They also beat Peterborough. They beat Hull. They've beaten lower half side uh, of late so it's not necessarily going to be easy um, and and but this Derby side have been picked apart all season they've been losing good players hand over fist but they did a great job of cancelling us out um, back in November when they came to Craven Cottage we should have won that game we were without Alexander Mitrovic but we missed a hat full of chances I think as you said at the top I think if Fulham score first this could be big but if Derby go ahead they're going to be right up for it because they'll have a sniff and it's only a sniff of a great escape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's just where it is. And obviously when there's hope, there's always going to be, you know, a side attempting to get through it. And what that does mean is they have to probably come for us a little bit. We should play a little bit more into our hands. Um, and, and, And ultimately that if this game opens up, you expect Fulham to you know, to do the damage and, and, and to come back off the back of that loss at the weekend and be like, no, 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 no. This is our league to win and we're going to win it. So there's those things to consider. Um, I think that Fulham probably should win this game. As you say, Derby have things to play for. They have a great escape. It would be a very great escape. Um, still, 
yeah, possible, if not probable. Um, so, so yeah, it, it will be tricky, and it will be a mistake to to write this off as an easy one. But but Fulham ultimately need to go and prove a point, I think, over this Easter weekend, and just get these two games done and get get the kind of automatic promotion sealed, uh, and then can kick on from there. So it, it's a it's a big test in, in in kind of mentality terms, I think, for Fulham, uh, and that should be interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see a, a switch up in the midfield. I don't know if you agree. I'd like to see John McElserry get on the pitch, ideally, from the start. I think that I don't really understand why he wasn't used in that Coventry game, as you mentioned. I feel like the Reed Chalaber pivot worked against Middlesbrough. It did not work against Coventry. I don't think it was necessary either. Um, and we don't exactly know what the fitness is with TC, but of course, uh, it would be nice to see him back in it's the lineup. It's always good to see the skipper. Well. Uh, and then Preston on Tuesday, Jack. Again, another one I look at. They've been shocking away from home. They're quite good at deep down. They caused us a lot of problems earlier in the season in that match. Probably could have won it, although really shouldn't have even got a draw um, because Ched Evans decided to um, break the rules of football in about 17 different ways, um, score his equaliser back in November. But they had our number in the second half, 100%. I don't think it was an undeserved draw for Preston, but it was undeserved in the circumstances they actually managed to get their equaliser. But I just look at their away record and think, come on, lads, this is one where you can put it to bed. This is the weekend where Fulham can just get to 89 points, promotion done, looking ahead to the title, looking ahead to Bournemouth, and we can just focus then on achieving top spot against Scotty Parker's side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you've got to be careful of their front two, who are both excellent, I think. Uh, Emil Rees uh, came in, I think, last summer, uh, and Cameron Archer came in on loan from Aston Villa, and he's been a phenomenon, to be fair. He's scored an absolute hatful in the in the League Cup for Villa in the first half of this season. They sent him out on loan to the Championship, and he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, he, he's a very, very good player. Uh, I really hope he has an Irish nan. Um, but he... Yeah. He's seven goals in, in, in 15 games for Preston um, so far since joining January. It's been, you know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's very good. Um, uh, I think he's a very good player. Uh, and I think that, that there's plenty to be excited about from Cameron Archer. I think he's going to be a Premier League forward. So there's one to watch. Um, Emil Reese is a very, very good player as well. They're quite different. Uh, but I think they both have the potential to be 20 plus goal strikers in the championship right now um, with, with more of a ceiling, I think, on Archer. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's very exciting um, for, for Preston. They seem to have cheered up after a bad start to the season. Uh, Ryan Lowe appears to have sorted them out a little bit. Um, but you're completely right about their, their away form. And, you know, Fulham, again, it, it kind of doesn't matter who we're playing, right? You know, Fulham should be winning these games because effectively we should be better than pretty much everyone else. That's why we're top of the league. Um, but... You know, there's players to keep an eye on as much as there is, you know, it's reason to be excitement, but hopefully Fulham can seal it at the cottage. That would be nice under the lights. You know, everything would feel quite, quite pleasant about that, I think. So, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, indeed. Right. We're going to take a break there. Afterwards, you'll be hearing our live rendition of This Will Catch On from the Half Moon Putney. So enjoy. Welcome back to the Fulhamish Podcast, a special live rendition of This Will Catch On at the Half Moon Putney. So this is from our live event on Sunday, but it's in the Thursday podcast, a live version of This Will Catch On, everybody's favourite feature on the show. And I'm joined today by Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. 
the one, the only, Dominic Betts. Hello, hello. And Charlie Cooper. Hello. Sammy, we said we'd never let Dom on the Thursday Club. That was like the flat rule. No, I was allowed on one just because I was the only one who turned up to Blackburn. Yeah, he, was, he was allowed on the Blackburn one because he was the only one that made the trip and it felt bad. Yeah, but, yeah, but to be fair, I did see Peter at Preston Station and then I was absolutely hungover and didn't realise it was in for about two minutes. You say that like it's a novelty. Yeah. Also, I love the use of the word hungover there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still drunk. Yeah, standard, isn't it? Charlie, how aware are you of This Will Catch On? Uh, a, a little bit, yeah. Okay, well, welcome along. <laughs> <laughs> so this will catch on. It's a very daft section of this podcast that we started about six months ago. Effectively, a need was addressed. We were sent a lot of emails of potential chants for Fulham songs, and I didn't really know what they expected of us. <laughs> but I thought, okay, let's play a few of these. It developed, and then people started sending in actual voice notes of the songs being played. Um, and it's probably become the best slash worst part of the podcast. Jack has an existential crisis every time we do it. If anyone sent in a song about a pool, I will actually throw myself <laughs> off this stage. Um, and to date, Charlie, we've only had one success. But it's quite a good success, because you might remember this. Sun Mitrovic and Miskin Staying black and white Scoring goals on the night Play the championship work shite Hey well Sun Mitrovic and Miskin Staying in black and white Scoring goals all night Made the championship work shine. I've got, a, I've got a theory about this. Yeah, what's your theory? My theory is, it, it, it's of this, right? If you can make the first note of any chant last for a long period of time, <laughs> your chant will catch on. Because <laughs> if you can just go, ha, everyone just joins in. <laughs> the story of that song is brilliant. It was on the bus home from the Medeski Stadium to Reading Station, and George Cooper, I was with, was like some sort of like Simon. Cow AR man, and he heard this group of about six lads singing it. He was like, Those guys, get your phone out. We recorded it, and it became a sensation. So, that's the only one that has caught on out of dozens that have been sent okay, to us. Right, you'll find out why quite quickly. <laughs> so, what we have today, Charlie, Dom, and Jack, is six chants in This Will Catch yes. On that have been sent in. And all we have to do is give it a bit of a rating of how likely it is to actually catch on. Okay? okay. Brilliant. Yeah. So, the first one is from Danny Baker. Is Danny Baker here? <laughs> yeah, we've definitely... Not that Danny Baker. <laughs> it's Dom's mate, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Can't here we beat go. Kelly and Baker. Great <laughs> bunch of people. Great radio show. Anyway, maybe a little song for the podcast. My son Archie, who is 10 years old, wanted to do a song for this or catch on. So they sent it in this and it's for Nico Williams. So see what you think. Oh, Nico Williams magic. He wears a golden boot. And if Tosin lays him through, he'll smash it in the roof. He scores with his left. He scores with his right. Marco Silva's Fulham team makes the championship look shy. Right. Hang on, hang on. 
is Danny here? Is Danny here? No. I've got a question for Danny. Is is this my ten year old son Archie or <laughs> did Danny write this and make his ten year old son Archie get involved so he didn't look as weird? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I, I just know that Archie doesn't know the words and Danny clearly does. <laughs> Charlie, a rating for Danny and Danny's son song. It's a 10-year-old, so, you know. In that case, yeah, rubbish. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't do it for me, really. I, I think it's a conviction in, in the voice. It's just completely... I'm not sold, sorry. Thank you, Farrell. <laughs> Have you, has Farrell just delivered you a war? Have you, he's like, you've had enough. You've had enough <laughs> I've had enough. I'm driving. Boo. Um... Okay, so we've gone for a zero out of ten for Danny and his ten-year-old son. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Bit harsh. I'd say a five. Okay. Yeah. Danny and ten-year-old son, thank you. Maybe need to get the kid with a bit more conviction. But... Or, or maybe just let Archie write in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Danny, we love you. Thank you for sending it in. All right. Song number two. This is from Jared Griffiths. He said, I've decided to assist Matt in his quest for a Chalibur song and appease Jack the Syllable Police with this. It's a rendition of A Horse With No Name by America. <laughs> He's already on a six. <laughs> Love the pod. Been listening since the beginning and it's by far my favourite. Well, you would say that, but thank you. Sincerely... <laughs> A man fortunate enough to deal with Tony Khan for two of his favourite professional sports teams, and that's from Jared. So, let's have a listen. He sat in the middle and he'll cause you some pain. In fact, he'll play you right out of the game. The announcers will probably butcher his name. So we'll sing it loud now just to save them some pain. Chalaba, Live this will catch on takes a new meaning, doesn't it? <laughs> Dom, your thoughts on that? I mean, any tune, any chant to that song is perfect because England have one. So, oh, okay, who for? Uh, just England. We all follow England wherever they play. Don't care if it's home or away. We're England and we're proud of our name. And we're all bounce around and we'll sing it again. That's absolutely dreadful. <laughs> oh, so like every other England chant then? Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, you're the one that goes away with them, not yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but any, honestly, honestly, any chant to that song, just you, just you don't care about the words to the actual chant. You just get to the chorus. Yeah. yeah. And everyone just gets excited. So. A bit like the new Marco Silva one as well. Only the chorus is good. Um, Charlie, your thoughts on a horse with no name for Really, Chalaba? really like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, can we hear it again? Yeah. yeah. He sat in the middle and he'll cause you some pain. Sorry, you just pause it there. Does it sound a bit like a wasp in a jar? <laughs> 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 really weird. Play. <laughs> he sat in the middle and he'll cause you some pain. In fact, he'll play you right out of the game. The announcers 
will probably butcher his name. So we'll sing it loud now just to save them some Let's have it. There is one issue. Yeah. Fulham, uh, Fulham, Fulham, most Fulham fans can't deal with a chart that long. <laughs> most Fulham fans can't deal with it chart the chart in time. Is fine. No, the chorus <laughs> is fine, but it's like, I mean, we just about lost the uh, Harry Wilson, Mitrovic and Niskin song. So, I mean, getting one with like an entire verse is going to be quite hard for well, Fulham. Also, we haven't, we haven't got to the point that there is a line in here that's like, the announcers will probably butcher his name, which is absolutely classic, but also completely untrue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very few people have an issue with the word chalabar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we've got a player where they put they put commentators butcher player who's got two syllables. That is That's true, famous. actually. Fair yeah. play. Yeah. Or Adarabi yeah. yo yo or whatever. <laughs> to be fair, that one is actually a bit more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> like, Speaking but. of, that's the next charm. Excellent. This is from David Schmidt. He says, hey guys, I dig the podcast and look forward <laughs> yeah. to the commentary. I live in a small Midwestern US city and have converted two people to Fulham watchers. <laughs> well done. To be fair, I think we could have told he's American when he said dig the podcast. Yeah, when he yeah, said yeah. dig, I was like, American. Shouts out Tesco, every little helps yeah. and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, here is a submission for Tosin, who has been excellent since joining. He wrote that before today. Um, <laughs> it's to the Star Wars main theme. Oh, no. He said, every time I hear the submissions on the pod, I have this on my head for the next 10 minutes. Apologies for the sloppy singing. It's short. It's sweet. When done, rinse and repeat. Regards... <laughs> From David. Oh, yeah, I thought I was the poet. Yeah. <laughs> Brace yourself. Tosin Adarabayo, Adarabayo, the cottager's king. That's it. Say <laughs> it again. Reload. Tosin Adarabayo, Adarabayo. Yo, the what do you say at the end? It's the cottager's king. <laughs> it just sounds like me coming back from a night out. Yeah. <laughs> it very much yeah. could have been, to be yeah. fair. We don't know. Um, Raise my dad. He just sat just there. Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick ratings. Oh, I'm afraid that's going to have to go down badly. <laughs> we'll give it a four. Dom. Give it a minus one, maybe. Charlie. A three. Lacks okay. imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We're not going right. to get any more... We're going to get any more Fulham fans in the Midwest if we keep up with this attitude. <laughs> His mates are probably like, nah, you're all right, mate. Yeah. I can't believe he's convinced two people. He's just I stood just, there just in the pub shouting at them. He's like, thought it's all right to actually send that in. He's, he's, he's heard that. Like, yeah, that's an absolute... Yeah, but that's off. the kind of thing you would do after a night... Yeah. Like you say, after a night out, you'd be on the phone like... like Shit, I sent that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's going to play that at a live event. Yeah. <laughs> Poor David did not count for that being played in front of 100 people. Right, Finn Whitaker has another one. Again, for Tosin Adrabai, he's very popular oh, on this will catch on. As per the subject, I have a nice and simple chant for Tosin. It embarrasses me that I'm even having to send this in. But it's easy to remember, so maybe it can catch on. It's to Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Okay, we ready? Tosin, do 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 oh, Adra bio, do 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 
He is my centre back, <laughs> and he's Fulham through and through. That doesn't rhyme. <laughs> That's it. You have to go again. Tosin, do 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 do. Adrabio, do 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 do. He is my centre back, and he's Fulham through and through. It just doesn't work. Can we workshop it? Because <laughs> like, I actually think this might work. I like, feel like I'm doing well, hymn practice no, here. No. <laughs> I sing it first and, and you guys sing it back. You know? no, but surely we can workshop this. Can we get a, like, a final line that rhymes with back? Like, preferably. And then the we'll first be... words that come to mind are not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having that conversation. Yeah, hang on. There we are. Turns defence into attack. It's quite... Uh, Fulham's resident resident yeah. poet. <laughs> Shock! There's a songwriter in the room. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Finn, there's your homework. Yeah. Re-record yeah. it. Come back to us. Come back to us. Yeah. Thanks, Finn. Um, any ratings? Just quickly, Charlie. Yeah, I quite liked it. I, I, bit of a Mike Skinner vibe to that. I'm <laughs> the streets. Really like the delivery and tone. Yeah. Dom. I think, I think it's decent. It's, it was so good until the last line. Yeah. And I was like, where is where is that come from? You're like, let's, let's do the entire song and then, oh, let's make it just not rhyme in the last bit. The score? I'll give it six and a half. Jack? It's a seven, but go and fix it. Okay. Like, just Finn, like make it work. Come it back. It actually might catch on. Just make it work. Right. Uh... Second's last one. This one is from Timothy Clark. He said, look, this one lives or dies on whether or not anyone else calls Kenny Tete Kung Fu Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> so to the tune of, unsurprisingly, Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Fighting, Fighting by Carl Douglas. Wow. Here is one for our Dutch right back. Everybody loves Kung Fu Kenny. Although we still miss Danny. We all love Kung Fu Kenny. Great harmonies, to be fair. Yeah. Honestly, the, the kind of the call and response from the audience is, yeah, is mesmerising, isn't it? I'm having a great time. Um, Charlie, Kung Fu Kenny? He's not bad. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Dom? Would, would you call him Kung Fu? Um, I don't know about... I, I, don't, I mean, he kind of does kick it a bit like... Where's Farrell Monk when you need him? He definitely calls him <laughs> Kung Fu Kenny. <laughs> There's a certain breed of Fulham fan that would call him Kung Fu Kenny, and Farrell exactly. Monk is very Farrell much Monk. that. <laughs> like, so I, don't, I don't think he's bad, but... So compared to some of the stuff we've heard on This Will Catch On Before, <laughs> it's probably quite good. I mean, the bar is there, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. extremely low. And the bar's out there. Yeah, yeah. Very, <laughs> very good. Very He's good. clearly Touché. one too many once again. Touche. Jack, quick rating. Oh, I quite liked it. Um, also, my granddad uh, once famously sang this at Christmas at karaoke, and he got me into Fulham, so any song to Kung Fu Fighting um, famously gets a high rating from me. So it's an eight. It's frankly. an eight. There we go. Eight. Right, this is the final suggestion. This is from regular contributor Jimmy Hall and is for... <laughs> you can't have regular contributors <laughs> on this or catch on. Then people are like, well, that one didn't work. I'm going to just write another. <laughs> um, Jimmy did Live in La Vida Silver, oh, if no. anyone remembers. <laughs> 
Is Jimmy here? Is Jimmy here? No, no, Jimmy's oh, not here. Boo. I did meet him. At, I did meet him at Holloway, and he was like, "I'm the guy that sends you all the charts." I was like, "Hello, mate." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, you're like, "Go on, go on, then give it a yeah. go." Stand <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> This one is for Rodrigo Muniz to the tune of Rasputin. Oh. Uh, hang on, how many have we had to Rasputin? Quite this a lot. at least a third. This is at least a third, <laughs> but this one's quite good. Right, this has got music as well. So I think it's this button. Nope. Nope. <laughs> if someone writes one to that though, instant win. Yeah, actually that's a shout. Someone needs to do oh, that. This is another wrong button, by the way. I really hope it's not. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're gonna need some volume though. Fulham's Brazilian. He came from Flamengo. He was big and strong, and he has an eye for goal. Defenders look to him with terror and fear. Next to Mitrovic, it's enough to end careers. He plays football like he's playing FIFA, trying vices all the time. But when Rodrigo scores another screamer, Hear the crowd go wild Whoa, whoa, Rodrigo, we love it when you score a goal He's from Brazil and he plays for Fulham Whoa, whoa, Rodrigo, dances when he scores a goal Rodrigo Muniz, you are the one That is it, six <laughs> Wait, it's just way too long most of our fans just don't have the capacity to remember a song. Mate, most of our fans haven't got the capacity to sing in time between one end of the Hammersmith end of the next. Like. We can't even sing Take Me Home Alf Ed in, in, time. T- in time. So I don't know about that, that catching on. It's a banger. but I, I mean, think, I, enjoy, I, I enjoyed myself. I don't know about you, Charlie. Um, no? Sorry, what? I, that completely lost on me, that word. <laughs> totally. Boney M. Rasputin. I just because it's so... It's sort of... I mean... Moon is right. What's he saying about him? Is he scoring like puts fear into defenders? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only of Stoke City, but not, uh, much, not much else. Then fair. again, we do sing that we're by far the greatest team the world's ever seen. I don't know if like uh, yeah, truthfulness sorry. in songs is massively <laughs> <Yeah>. important. <laughs> it is for me. It is for me. Yeah, not for me. Not for me, Clive. Okay, uh, Jack. I have to be honest. I think that's the worst Rasputin chant in the three we've had. <laughs> And I like the other two, so there we are. The final way to end this will catch on, I think, is with a classic. So, Charlie, I was going to give you the choice here of two of the best this will catch ons, or at least the most memorable this will catch on. Maybe you should play in both. Should we just play in both? Okay, which one? I don't know. Let's get Charlie to choose a winner. Okay. From the ones we've just heard, right? No, no, no. no, no. no. Scrap those. These are, two of the, these are two of the best that we've had on the podcast yeah, so far. On. And by the best, by the <laughs> Sammy best. is loose. It's a very low bar. Okay, would you like, first of all, from Justin Miller, Metro in open space. <laughs> or from Ishan Mahabir, we dream of Reem. <laughs> let's, go, let's go Metro in open space. Let's see that. All right. Metro in open space, Justin Miller. Harry Wilson comes down the right. Your defender's not by his side. He's got a target set in his sight. Now the cross comes flying by. He found me in open space. space. He found, found me in open, open space. space. 
Charlie, as you're here, you might as well give it a rating. I like it because it's true. He's often in open space. It makes sense. I, I, I'd give it... I, I, that's, that's an eight for me, yeah. I really yeah. like that. Okay. Do you want to hear We Dream of Reem as it's here and available? No, yeah, go on. Right. <laughs> no, no, let me off no, this stage. <laughs> Why did I ever sign up to do this? <laughs> You've used your hour. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Call my agent. Right. This is from Ishan Mahabir to the famous I Dreamed a Dream from Les Mis. We dream of Reem, oh what a guy He's gonna bring us all the glory We dream of Reem and it's alright We, we kind of like, like you're from Missouri that is beautiful. I'm sorry. You're 34, still going strong. You are the pride of Fulham fandom. Amazing. We know Fulham's where you belong. So I guess we'll overlook the man bun. I'm Glorious. sorry, but <laughs> when we get the uh, open top parade, when we win the league, yeah, do you think we'll get one? We will, won't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. just want Tim Ream in like a white cloak, like a white <laughs> Jesus robe, <laughs> takes a hairband out, hair down to his nipples, and he's just singing that song with a single spotlight. <laughs> On top of the bus, and it would just be the most beautiful thing of all time. <laughs> In Putney High Street. Yeah. <laughs> um, Charlie, if you had to give a winner out of um, Metro oh. and Open Space and We Dream of Ream, we'll send them a trophy. Um, I, I, I do love Dream of Ream. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I just, want, I just want a chorus. I want yeah. them to keep going. Yeah, Ishan, <laughs> you send can't us stop a at that point. No, <laughs> uh, that's when it gets exciting. Look, Ishan is a content man. He knows he's he's keeping you coming back for more. No, oh, I I'm back. I'm a, back, baby. <laughs> a full music video, please, Ishan. And that is it for the live. This will catch on at the Half Moon Putney. <laughs> please thank my guest, Charlie Cooper. Thank you. Tom Betts. Jack Collins. <laughs> I've been your host, Sammy James. Thank you all very much for coming. Tosin at a rabio, at a rabio, the cottager's king.